Hey, welcome back. This story jumps around. So let's get back to the bar scene. Yeah, the one where I always needed to get high to get the job done. Before Marvin, that was the first person I worked for, and I was Frank. This was Elaine's old man. Elaine was a girl I used to hang out with and get high. I had met her through my mother. She would cop for my mom and her old man, Bobby. I was selling for them and Elaine and our girlfriends would come and get, would come cop from us. They were nice girls, dressed well, went to school, had jobs, living like normal people from my eyes what I saw. I wanted to be, but never thought I could because I never went to school or I had that upbringing that they had. After so many months had passed, something had changed my mother and Bobby. I was not selling drugs and I was sleeping in a car with them. One day, my mother said she saw Elaine. She had given her a bag of dope. Being sick and all, I thought when I see her, the day came, and I was standing in front of the bar. There she was. Elaine and her son were walking to the store. I ran across the street to talk to her, and we talked and we walked. She acted a little standoffish to me because she knew I wanted something, and I did. I needed drugs. I was sick. She walked through the store to get food for her house. I held her son's while she got the other things. I gained her trust by helping her home with the bags. And she made some food and we began to talk. She finally opened the bag and she made some lines on the table. I snorted. And I was off. She became my new best friend. I met her boyfriend, who was the person everyone else knew he had good drugs. He would only sell it when he was off work, and she only held it until he got off and sold it to just a few of his close friends. Frank worked at a plant under the train, and Elaine worked somewhere else. I first started sitting around the house with her. Then I would watch the baby for her when she went to work or run errands. Frank had one thing on his mind, holding that pack for him, but did not fully trust him. I began to sleep over, and one day out of the blue, I was told his packs, how I was holding his packs and standing on the corner, moving bags and bags of work. It was the 70-30 split. He would give me 10 bags. I would use two and sell the other. I made money and so did he. At this point, I have arrived. People waited in line for me to return with my packs. I was turning packs so fast, Frank could not keep up. This went on for weeks and months. Frank was now one of the most well-known people in the circle. I could not just walk out 
to the store, I had to have bags on me because people would ask me straight out. On the days I took off, or we didn't go out to sell it, it was nice because we all sat in the house talking, but we would just be there. Me and him. I do not remember ever taking a bath and brushing my teeth. One day, Frank had made enough money to buy a car. We all went to pick up his car. Frank had began to want me around more, and Elaine started to question our relationship with him. She was suspicious about him, and we would go for long rides together, and he wanted me to be around them all the time. I love that he treated me kind for doing a good job. Elaine and others always wondered if I was gay. I never slept with any man in that way during that time. But if Frank had asked me to, I probably would have. I knew no better. I thought he was attractive. I didn't know I was attracted to what he was doing, working, selling drugs, had his woman, he was handsome. That's what I was attracted to. It fascinated me. Elaine wondered why he wanted me around so much. She began to act really strange around me, not wanting to let me in the house. This went on for some time. I would see her get be or fight with my aunts. This is my mom. I shifted, so follow me. She would turn tricks, smoke cocaine, snort heroin, and sell drugs. I never would see her laying on a bed covered with her braids with no smile. As a child, I watched my mother's eyes move when she was asleep. My brothers and sisters will open them as we see them rolling around in our head. <laughs> On this day, they did not move. I was 22 years old. New Year's Eve, December 31st, 1994. My friend Stefan went with me to the place. I asked him to wait outside. On the street, they uncovered her face. Her eyes was not moving. My mom was sleeping. They asked me if this was my mother. I said yes. And they covered her face. I can't remember if I was a man or a woman or if that was who she was. They walked out and asked me to sign or walked into another room. I do remember something. And they gave me that ring mom was wearing. She was shot. It all happened at midnight on December 30th, around 12. I was told she had been shot three times, and there was two people in the car. That time, she was shot, a young teenage girl, and a young man. The teenage girl was shot, so was the young man. The young woman had jumped out of the car and ran teenage girl threw a gangway where she was found dead. The young man had jumped out of the car and ran. Also, my mother had pulled off and the car had 
at some point and crashed into a wall. The ambulance had taken her to the hospital where she was pronounced dead. All this had happened and I knew nothing. One thing I remember is I had just seen my mother a few weeks before Christmas. She wanted me to tell her kids hello. It was not too long ago that my mom had gotten out of jail for an old drug case. I was happy when she was locked up with my aunt and I tried to go see her. And my cousin who is now dead also. I was happy on that day. I picked up my aunt. I would have been the first time in many years that I would have seen my mother drug free and clean. I remember talking to her on the phone one day when she was in custody. On the phone, she asked me for something. I don't remember if I had ever sent her the money. I could remember being in a meeting and saying, I don't have to worry about that call because she was in jail. My mother needed a place to stay when she was released from jail. She came to my house for a few days. I can remember her washing and taking some socks from my neighbor. I was so rude and I could not trust her being there. I knew it was not over for her. She wanted to be like white people, she said. She was comfortable in her addiction. She needed to get drugs. The biggest thing of all, to get her own money. This way my mom would not have to ask me and be made to feel worse. She left after I either put her out or she just never came back. I think that was the first time she got out of jail because she went to stay with my cousin in the projects after about seven months. That little girl she had. They called me to tell me that my mom had a baby and she is in a grand hospital. I went to see my mom and the baby. It was a girl. She didn't have a name, so my mom let me name her Kenya Naisha Wolfles. Was born with drugs in the system. The state stepped in and took over. A few days after my mom had left the hospital, took some clothes, gave her a few dollars, dropped her off the projects to my aunt. I went back to see Kenya a few times. The last time she was gone, I could not see her. They said my mother had not been there to see her. I left and went back home. After several months, I got a call. She was back in jail. She was staying on the west side with my aunt, and my aunt had put her out. That made me really sad. I brought up memories of the many times my mother was put out by family. If she was not there, they would put us out or send us to wherever she was, and I had to take us to her. Today, I know my mom always had a house or place to live because the family would put us out all the time. Mom always left 
She let the family come stay with her, my cousins, Patricia, who took care of me when I was a baby. Patricia lived in the South suburbs with her mom. She was a few years older than my mom. I can remember being at Patricia's house for weeks and my mother being in Chicago. The best is when she came to see me and we played in the water together. Those days soon faded. Mom got older and started having more children. My brother's rail was born. I do not remember if I ever saw him until he was walking. We lived on the north side of Chicago. I remember my mom feeding us on the floor. Then we took family pictures. And the pictures, I and Terrell had some of the same outfits, big afros. She would sit on the front braiding our hair. Her family would come over from time to time. My mother would get, would be gone for a day. And one of my cousins would babysit us. We had two brushes, night pajamas, and we ate dinner at night. My mom would come home for days. I do remember her slapping me one day for eating a fruit at the corner store. My cousin and I had walked to the store with my grandmother, and I wanted to taste this red, yellow thing, and they called it mango, I guess. So I did it, and I got caught. They went back to tell my mom that fear ran through me. Abuse. Laying across the bed, the letter game. I didn't know he was groping me or being inappropriate, making X's and T's and any other body contact. I thought we was having fun because we also played games and we played Cowboys and Indians. I was four, maybe five. So my mother would leave me at my grandmother's house. The day came when my mother left me at my grandmother's house. And my grandmother had bathed me. And I put on my pajamas. It was a gown from the hospital with the back cut out with the little buttons and all the little fun things on the front. Clean underwear, braided my hair, got in the bed. The bedroom where my mother and I slept was in the back of the house. All the other kids would sleep with my grandmother, Mela. This night was special. My mom was going to stay home and sleep in this room with me. I got in bed, I fell asleep. Waking up to my uncle telling me, be quiet, don't move. I could feel him entering, like entering me, inside of me. Big and it hurt. I laid there, shooting pains. When he finished, he lay next to me and went to sleep. Slowly got out of bed, slowly walked down to my grandmother's room. I went to her bedside, shaking her. She opens her eyes. What are you doing up? I began to tell her my uncle was doing stuff to me. She told me, go get in the bed. And she went back to sleep. I walked to the front room and picked up the phone. The operator picked up. 
I began to tell her what happened. My uncle was doing stuff to me. She asked, where's your mom? She left, she left me in the bed and he got in the bed with me. She asked, is there anyone there with you? I told her, yes, my grandmother. I told her and she went back to sleep. The operator didn't ask me, where's your uncle now? And I told her, he was sleeping in the bed. After asking me all those questions, I just hung up the phone and got in the bed. For many years, I feared him. Every time he went to jail, I was happy. I would see him when he got out or when he was sober. He knew I knew that he had done something to me. I stayed clear of him much, as much as possible. I would stay in the drug houses rather than stay at my grandmother's just to be free and feel safe. Hearing the things he would do to my cousins, dropping them from ceilings, beating them with bats, blacking my brother's eyes, waking us up in the middle of the night to clean his mess. He would beat us. One day he slapped me, my head to the wall because I didn't fix the kids' plates, food. My head hit the wall five or six times. Now one tear came down my face. I looked him in his eyes as he did it over and over. As he said to me, you tough, you're not gonna cry, right? My words were, are you finished? And then when he was done hitting my head against the wall, I walked away to feed my little sister Erica. Shortly after my mother came over with her sisters and I broke down from shame and fear, I told them about my uncle. That's just one of them. mother told me. She asked him, what the fuck is wrong with you? And asked me if I was all right. That's when the tears ran down my face. This was the time when I stayed with my aunts Hattie, Martha, and Mary. My grandmother's house went into foreclosure. We were all sleeping. And my uncle came up drunk. He woke up, woke us up to the sting of the stenching cord. He beat us with his cord. And my other quarters, they would just watch. After some time, they stopped him. Yet they all feared him. But they got him to stop. I had whips on my legs where he hit me. There was whips on my back the other kids as well. 15 years old, waking up to a beating from Paul. I could remember seeing Frankie J looking, smiling. This was the man that called me his stepson for over 10 years. My mother had finally left him. You could see the resentment in his eyes. I was drunk, I was so high. Had been using dope for the past week. Waking up to this this size of softballs pounding on my head. Paul was over six feet tall, weighed in over 200 pounds. I weighed 125 pounds at the time. He was throwing me and hitting me. I would try to run, but he would grab me and hit me and slap me more. 
at some point I got away, running into a room and being so scared and small, I went under a bed. See, Paul had given me keys to his car to go south to my grandmother's house. Since I gave him some drugs and a little money, he gave me the time to be back the same day. I didn't come back. I was gone for days, maybe weeks. I head out and drove hookers around. I would be out with my mother or my aunt and watch their back, helping them give it away, get away or snatch money from their pimps. I was, they would stash money from their pimps. My way of getting my drugs is sometimes being with my mom. One night with my mother, she was in a car turning a trick. I could hear her screaming my name, so I jumped out the car help her. There was over 15 young men jumping on her. I ran to help her get away. They grabbed me and started beating me and she got away. I can remember saying, I'm only 15 years old, please stop. And one guy said, man said, so motherfucker, so what? Somehow I got up and ran to stop the police and they just looked at me and drove off. My mother pulled up when I was over. I got in the car, laid on the back seat. She asked me again the same question. Are you all right? Are you all right? There was a need for me to repeat this and bring it back because the abuse started a long time ago. The drugs started a long time ago. The running and wanting to get away started a long time ago. Feeling and valued started like I wasn't valued or wasn't enough started a long time ago. If you guys know what I'm talking about, when you feel like no, here's the deal: when you can actually look back on all of that, thank God you're alive today. What a beautiful moment! Because through all of that. Able to have a child. God gave me a child. And yes, I'm okay.